Shot with Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. That's why I see Good morning and welcome into the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, John the Hood with you. Good morning, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks for watching the show and keeping the conversation going as always. And now time for Shot or No Shot. And it's a Shay Norling production. Norling! Good morning, boys. How we doing? We're ready to go. Hoodie, uh, it's odd hearing you but not seeing you. I know you're in the great state of Missouri. What is it, the show me state? The show me state. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. How was your lift ride yeah. this morning, Hoodie? Oh, it was just wonderful. Absolutely just wonderful. You know, um, I, I know that uh, it's very interesting being here in the Ozarks. They're offering me to buy a casino, which I think is very odd. I didn't know I was in the line to buy a casino. thought that was very interesting. Ran into Jason Bateman. So uh, it was, uh, it's been very interesting here. There's a reason why most of the, uh, the walls here are painted red. It uh, blends in with the blood. Here's Shay Nolan, Shay. Yeah, pretty soon you're going to own a strip club, you're going to own a run-down hotel, and you're going to own a casino, Riverboat Casino. <laughs> Welcome to Missouri, Hoodie. Seriously, it is quite a place, I'll tell you that right now. And it is a Waffle House not too far from here, so I'm hitting that after Crosstalk. Wow. All right, Shay. All right, boys, I want to ask about the Bears' free agency. Saquon Barkley, he's made it clear he does not expect to reset the running back market in free agency this offseason. This, of course, implies he would be willing to accept a more team-friendly deal. So, shot or no shot, at the right price, the Bears should sign Saquon. So, if he's not going to reset the market... Why is he picking Chicago and not staying in New York? They have already openly said, we want him back. So if you're asking me, should the Bears give him like some stupid break-the-bank deal? Absolutely not. And he's a hell of a player. If he said, I just always wanted to be a Bear and I'll take you know, a fair deal, yeah, absolutely, sign me up. We got nothing but cap space, and he will impact your roster quickly. But that's, I think that's fantasy land. Right, Johnny? Yeah. Um, you know, money is money, of course. You know, you want to be able to get the, the most money possible if you are Saquon Barkley and his agent. I just, I don't see Saquon Barkley being with the Bears. And I think very few would look at this and say, okay, definitely I want to be part of this. You know, if I, and I know Barkley is a better running back than Montgomery. And I heard what you're saying about setting the market. I just... Yeah, you know, I just think that's an, um, a no shot. Um, and, and I'm just—I can't see Barkley in a Bears uniform. That's the other thing too. Can you? I can't because again, if it, if you called his agent and said, "I don't care what the Giants are offering, we'll give you five million a year more, whatever it costs." Okay, then he's coming here, and you are going to not be able to fill other holes on your roster. And if it was a fair deal, yeah, we can afford that. Oh, that's a fair deal. Well, then why is the why are the Giants not giving it to you? Because they've already said if if we can come to an agreement on a fair deal, we're in. He's not coming here. It's not happening. Yeah. I, I, but I understand the question, Shay. You know, if it's if it's a team friendly deal, would you do it? Well, I mean, not yeah, necessarily yeah. team friendly, but you know, like yeah. you're not signing a record breaking deal. You're, it's so relatively team friendly. Yeah, I just yeah, I mean, 
Sure, I just but I just don't see it from Barkley coming in because if I'm Saquon Barkley, I've been with the Giants, I've given my all, I've been hurt with them, I've come back, we got to the playoffs, but even Barkley has to see a ceiling to the success for the Giants and and thinking, let me get to a winner, and I don't know if the Giants are that team. Shay. I'm going to piggyback off the question I just asked because, Cap, you brought up the number of holes on this roster with the holes on the defensive line, on the offensive line, at wide receiver, all over this roster. Shot or no shot, running back should actually be the least of their concerns. Yeah, that's a shot. Again, in my opinion, Jonathan might disagree. Saquon Barkley is the best in the sport. He can catch passes. He can block. He can run like the wind. He's an amazing player. But I don't have to go out and spend $15 million a year or whatever the number is to get a running back. I can win with David Montgomery or whoever that guy is, in my opinion. Yeah, no. That's the least of their worries, I think. Uh, Yeah, I would say that it is a shot that it's the least of their worries um, because – if 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 David, if if Monty came back, if David Montgomery came back, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But also, I saw what I liked in Herbert. You and I agree with this. Now, uh, we believe in the thunder and lightning aspect of the running game, correct? Yes. If you if you can find two guys that can be able to run the football well, along with what Justin does, and, and I'm not saying that that's just on the scrap heap, but you do want to have someone quality there if you can but not having to spend so much money for him. And here's how I know. Did, you, did, did we just see Zeke Elliott uh, really not really be a factor for the Dallas Cowboys? Everything's on Pollard. He gets injured. Well, the running game disappears. Well, why should it? What about Zeke Elliott? Apparently not a factor. So that does matter for sure. That You want to get someone quality cap, but not to spend a high price for that running back. I would agree with that. Agreed. Shay. All right, the NFL draft rumor mill is going full force. There are some quote-unquote draft insiders who are reporting that the Chicago Bears could stay put at number one rather than trade down. They would use the top overall pick on sleeper defensive end Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. This is being compared to Jacksonville drafting Trayvon Walker first overall last year after he was projected kind of in the 20s, early, like around this time last year. So shot or no shot, from a value standpoint, using the top pick on a sleeper defensive end would be a failure for this team. Uh, it, That's a shot. That's a shot. Yeah, Give me but, someone I know. Listen, all of it is a crapshoot, Cap, every one of these, uh, these kids. And because I, do you see a Hall of Famer in this draft right away? No, but, but – don't just uh, – we talked about this. Don't outdumb the room. Just find the guy. If you're not going to trade down, if you can't try find a trade partner, find someone that you feel like can make a difference right away because that's needed on this football team. Okay. A year ago at this time, the kid that Jacksonville drafted, Shea said, was in the 20s. At the, in the end, they did all their homework – they did all their testing, and they went, that's the guy. we got to take that guy. We're not trading out of the pick. We've already got our quarterback. We are not walking away from what we think is a generationally talented defensive player. If Ryan Poles and his staff emerge from their war room and say, uh, I know it's not Will Anderson, I know it's not Jalen Carter, our research tells us, it's that guy. 
hey, man, I'm going to ride or die with him. That's it. He's our GM. If he believes, he's got to take who he believes. But like Ryan Pace, he took who he believed in. He failed. And he's now an assistant in Atlanta. So I got no problem wherever they go if and only if there is 100% consensus. Like if, we, if a story emerges that, yeah, half the room didn't like the kid, but polls had, you know, got to have him, holy bleep, I would be very concerned. But if they came out of that room united and the stories were, you wouldn't believe this guy's workouts. Oh, my goodness, he's the guy. Okay, they get him. Let's do it. Because we don't want, like Mahomes, Hoodie, you talked about it on your night show back then. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes was ranked 42nd among all draft prospects in 2017 by ESPN. He was the third-ranked quarterback. It was Trubisky, it was Deshaun Watson, and then it was Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The Chiefs outsmarted everybody. They did their work and said, that's the guy. And they went and got him. Well, you know... If it doesn't work out, you know you and I will be on it. Oh, man, we'll be killing them because <laughs> I mean, it's not just, our job. I just uh, All I can just say is is that if I'm in that draft room, if I can't negotiate to be able to garner more picks in the first round, if I can't, you know, because it's the most valuable pick in the draft, it's the number one pick, people are going to make a lot of phone calls to make a deal to try to get that number one pick. And if you can't do that, just make sure that because you have number one, Find the best possible that you can, but 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 don't reach, Cap. Don't reach. I mean, now, like you you mentioned the last draft with Trayvon Walker. Well, I'm a Georgia fan. I thought he was a very good player, uh, transcendent player. Maybe not in, at Georgia, but uh, definitely a difference maker for sure. That's what I thought when he was drafted. I said, yeah, absolutely, a good program, solid player, and and so I had no problem with that pick. I just don't want them to reach for something and, and try to outdumb the room. Some GMs try to do that, you know, and I don't want the Bears to be that. It, you have you can you have to covet that number one pick. It's so important. And then, of course, garner more picks down the line because this Bears team needs talent, a lot of it. Right. I think if you're going to take a sleeper, look, the Texans are a bad poker player right now. They're sitting at the table sweating, and you know, everybody knows they're taking Bryce Young. If when they get their pick, they're going to take a quarterback. It's going to be Bryce Young. You don't know that. That's they're a bad poker player right now. Based on all of the reporting and all of the information that we have available, it's going to be Bryce Young. And so, my take on it is: if you're going to take a sleeper, you have to at least get the Texans to move up, at least get the Colts to get interested in moving up, and then take your sleeper five picks later with a bonus pick. And what if? Deep down, the Texans are throwing all the smoke screens, and they actually want C.J. Stroud. Well, that's fine. Like, then they still want a quarterback. And they're like, we don't care. We'll take either one. My point is they don't want the defensive sleeper that you want. So get out of that spot. Correct. But what if the Texans say to you, we're not giving you what you want. We are taking either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. We're good with both. Then the day after the draft, we're going to do an interesting show. Yes, we are. <laughs> Shay. All right, Eloy Jimenez had a media availability yesterday. He said his goal for the upcoming season is to stay healthy. He also said he determined he's determined to play the outfield more than be the designated hitter. Shot or no shot? If Eloy wants to stay healthy, he's going to need the DH. That is a shot. And by the way, Grafal's going to put his foot down, or in this case, his cleat down on this cap. It's not for you to say, Eloy. You're a floundering fish out there in left field. Stop. 
If it's better for the ball club to have a, a, um, a better defensive player in left field, then go ahead and do that and play the DH spot. Come on, stop. You, we, it, it, we've seen him out there, and he is what, – what do scouts call it? Was that a minus outfielder? Right, he's not a plus outfielder. He's not a plus <laughs> defender, they like to call it. There you go. So, so I, mean, I mean, I don't care what he wants. I want what's best for the White Sox. And if Grafal sees him out there you know, missing fly balls or not playing it correctly, hey, then he should be DHing. I, mean, I don't think it's for him to say. Agreed. Agreed. It, it, it just, it, Let the manager make that call. Right. I, I, he's, this is like two years with him talking about how he doesn't want a DH. No, I'd, I'd rather not have a guy, what is he, cap 24? Yeah, a young guy like that playing the DH spot, but what's best for the team? Well, I would like, yesterday Trey Mancini finalized his deal mm-hmm. and met the media. And Trey Mancini was asked, you know, they signed Hosmer and they have Matt Mervis, so... What if you can't play first? He said, I picked the Cubs because I wanted to play in this organization. I like the plan they have that they laid out. I don't care where David Ross tells me to play. Wherever you want me, I'll play. I would rather, Aloy had said, look, I love playing the outfield, but if our new manager deems I'm best playing shortstop, I'll play there. If he wants me to catch, I'll play there. I just want to win. Yeah, I mean, you've underachieved as a franchise. Whatever Grafal wants, you should be able to say, yes, where do you want me? You want me at first? You want me to DH? Wherever you want me, I want to be able to help the team. It's not about you. The White Sox are not about Aloy. It's about the team. What's best for the ball club? You've got to get that attitude out of that locker room. I, I told you here in the offseason, I said, the Sox could move a number of these popular players, uh, and I would have no problem with that because it is, it's starting to – be time for it because you want to win as a fan. Yeah, well, it's it's you know what I'm saying, Cap. There's there's a number of these guys here, and I'm not saying entitlement, but guys that have been very comfortable in this organization. That I'm okay if you move them to try to get veteran talent, team oriented guys, and closer to what the White Sox want. Aloy is one of them. Agreed. Shay. Uh, that's all the time we got, Hoodie. Uh, we got to oh, get the break, but I was just going to add for the Eloy deal. If your goal is to get healthy and to stay healthy and you're on a team that wants to win a World Series, maybe it's time for the team to start thinking about cutting bait. Go well, be, maybe you got to go be healthy someplace else. He's too good a hitter. I would make him my deal. I don't know if he's a good hitter. I haven't seen him. No, he can hit the, he he can hit hit. the baseball. He can no, hit. There's no question about that. Like, and that's, that's the best thing they can do for this team. Can't hit from the bench. Oh, I, I mean, Can't hey, hit from the uh, IL. I, no, I mean... Hey, it's a it's a uh, an ongoing problem with this team. Now you can change the manager, but if you don't change the approach and you don't get healthy, you'll get the same results, five hundred or worse. I'm not saying I'd cut him, but I would start maybe shopping. All right, we'll, we'll see what the season brings. How about that? Well, by the time we get to the All Star break, we're gonna find out what the season brings. Uh, coming up, we will go around the National Football League. We got some news and notes that you gotta hear. That's coming up next. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings at seven. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I won't win it. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really... Thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Huh? Woo! 
Jeff and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. So glad you're with us here on this Tuesday morning. We'll hear from our guy Albert Breer from SI.com, a Monday morning quarterback, uh, coming up at 835. But now it's time to go around the National Football League. Here's Shay Norlick. Shay? All right, we got to start with the Cowboys social media team. They put a tweet out that a lot of people are upset about, and it's related to Dak Prescott. Uh, where they start right. the tweet by, sorry, I had to get something out of my throat. Yeah, he's drinking someone else's coffee. <laughs> Jack, I lose. <laughs> Go ahead. I heard that one. It's, they start the tweet by saying Dak Prescott gave the ball away twice. Uh, here, I got to find it now. Dak Prescott gave the ball away twice in the narrow loss to the 49ers in a matchup the Cowboys had a chance to win if they didn't again generate self-inflicted wounds. This comes from the Dallas Cowboys official account. Okay, so Cap, I need to talk to you about this because um, I don't know where that comes from. Does that come from the offices of Jerry Jones? Does that come from uh, the writers for the Dallas Cowboys? Does that come from the media uh, consultant? Where does that tweet come from? I believe that's a, the, the article was written for their website. So it's like Sam Smith writes for Bulls.com. He has complete and total autonomy to write whatever it is he wants to write. If Sam wants to be critical, that was part of his deal. I know this. Sam can write whatever he wants. They should trade this guy or fire that coach. Nobody interferes. That's probably the way it's done in Dallas. I can tell you on a smaller scale, you remember when the Bears put out the tweet QB1? Yeah. And it was Andy Dalton. Pace got a call at home. Uh, You're not going to be happy, but social media tweeted out a picture of Andy Dalton after he signed QB1. What? Why would we do that? Well, it wasn't us who did it. It was somebody in social media. And then they called Nagy, and he was irate. So the management does not get, like, an alert that, hey, man, here's what we're doing. They just do it. So I don't think Jerry Jones had anything to do with it. I don't think Mike McCarthy did or Kellen Moore or Dan Quint. I think it was somebody in the media department, and it just ruffled feathers. It is true what has been read, uh, been written, Shay, but it just puts Dak Prescott in a very difficult position where the Dallas Cowboys, it would come across as the Cowboys are thumbs up on this tweet. Like, yep, that's exactly what happened. Dak cost us the game. That's what it, when you read that, that's what it sounds like. And I read the tweet, it looks like, yep, it's Dak's fault. Yeah, Cap is exactly right. The tweet is verbatim. The subheading of the article that it's linked to, it's from Pat, uh, Patrick Walker, their DallasCowboys.com staff writer. Yeah. Yeah. It's verbatim, copy-paste, the subheading of the article. But it's insane to me that the official team account puts that out because Hoodie's right. It does read, the Cowboys are saying Dak cost us the game. Correct, but the person who did that in the tweet is probably some 26-year-old Social media intern or entry level employee, which they live in that world. Eighty year old Jerry Jones. What? What did we do? He has no idea. The tweet well, is now over fo- almost forty eight hours old. Yeah, and, and it's still up. That's more surprising to me that someone didn't get to Stephen Jones or Jerry Jones or one of the people that run the organization. Go, hey, yeah, get that off. Get that down. Sick. What did you think? Sick. Well, you know what? 
I'm sure maybe someone did tell Stephen Jones, and he probably said, yep, yep, that's right. That's what happened. And what else? Right. (laughs) Like, you know, like, hey, Cap, we want everybody to keep it real. This is what it is. And now this keeping it, keeping it real when it goes wrong. I, here it is. People are saying, oh, the Cowboys are pretty much signing off on, yes, it was is Dak Prescott's fault that they had have not moved on in the playoffs. That's exactly what it said. So if that's what the, the narrative they want to put out there, that's fine. You lose as a team, I thought. But I guess the two interceptions was too much for them to overcome. Agreed. Shay. All right, Stephon Diggs was criticized for his reaction after the uh, Bills lost to the Bengals on Sunday. He left the locker room early. He had a little tantrum and a spat with Josh Allen on the sideline. A lot of things that got, people got on him about. He went on Twitter, posted, want me to be okay with losing? Nah. Want me to be okay with our level of play when it's not up to the standard? Nah. It's easy to criticize my reaction more than the result. Eli Apple, Bengals corner, mm-hmm. quote tweets the last one says Cancun on three with the hand heart emoji that DeMar Hamlin is famous for. Mm-hmm. DeMar Hamlin wears the number three. Is this wrong, this tweet? Read the Did tweet he cross again. the line? Read it again. Cancun yeah. on three. You know, the Bills were saying everything 4-3. This is 4-3. We're playing 4-3. That's pretty funny. Eli Apple, Cancun on three with his heart hand emoji. The heart <laughs> hand emoji yeah. is over the top. The Cancun on three. It's, you know, all right, hoodie, ready to do this show? On three. Three, two, one. Let's go. Yes. Three. That's, I don't have a problem with that part of it. Using the DeMar Hamlin emoji? Yeah, that's offside. That's I, a jackass. Yeah. I just. How many I, yards is this penalty? That's uh, probably targeting. <laughs> I think that could be the case. Yeah, I. You know, I, I saw that, and, you know, first of all, it, it takes away from Diggs because I think that's the focal point that we should look at here. What, were you just going to bounce after that loss? I mean, it, the loss is not about you. It's about the team underachieving. So when you try to leave early, you're saying it's about, I can't take it because, we, once again, we're getting bounced out, so I'm just going to leave and not talk to the media about it? I mean, that's your responsibility. We all have emotion. We all don't want to lose, but – I mean, he was going to leave. That's my number one thing. But the whole thing with Eli Apple, though, I get, you know, I take it with a grain of salt. Um, he's just pretty much Eli Apple is saying, hey, man, you lost the game. Let's go to Cancun. One, two, three, Cancun. Now, would I have used that emoji? No. But no. Then ultimately, uh, Eli Apple says, get over it. Let's get to Mexico. Agreed. 100%. 100%. Okay. All right, Hoodie, we got to talk about the early lines in the conference championship games. And one of the more surprising yes. ones that people are pointing to, the Bengals, as it stands, depending on where you look, are currently a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Kansas City. Okay, uh, so we know, Cap, about the high ankle sprain for Patrick Mahomes. So That's Cap, a tough what's injury. The, yes, to the point. Well, Andy Reid says he's going to play. I'm sure they'll shoot it up, but I don't know how effective that Mahomes is going to be with this injury. So what's the cap line for this? And now I want to get the Norling line for this. So, Cap, you're the odds maker with the, uh, with the vest and, uh, like, the little visor over your head there. I so would, you're, you're the bookmaker. So what do you do in that spot? I would probably go Bengals minus two and a half. Bengals minus two and a half. Yes. They've got a hell of a football team. Now, if Mahomes was healthy, different story. But I would probably go Bengals minus two and a half. Now, I'm going to be at the game. I don't have a dog in the hunt. 
I'm just going to be there experiencing something I've never experienced, a, a championship game in the NFL, AFC or NFC. I've never been to one. So I'm excited to be there. But with Mahomes, with a high ankle sprain, oh, boy. I don't know how much a shot of Toradol is going to do, but you've got Hendrickson and all these other dudes bearing down on him. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's what's the Norling line? I made this number over the weekend. I know I sound like Carmen. I made this number over the weekend when I was uh, putting everything together, and I assumed full health for both teams. It was Chiefs minus five and a half. What? And now, and now adjusted for inflation, what is it now? I honest to God, Hoodie, I don't know what I would have it without Mahomes playing. It would probably be in the range of Bengals minus three. So I think what we're seeing with this is I know Reed says he's going to play. He might not play. Like his, his ankle has to be a soccer ball right now. Yeah, he's not coming out, Hoodie, I don't think, and going, yeah, he's not playing. He's going to make the Bengals guess all the way up till whatever leaks out from Schefter. So, so now that you know that he's got a high ankle sprain, Shay. So, wh- what are you making it now? Will you agree with Cap two and a half? No, I'd probably go a little further. Like, because at this point, it, it sounds to me like if he is going to play, he's going to be very ineffective, like phone booth style. Which, if Mahomes is in a phone booth, it eliminates the things he's best at. I would go Bengals minus three, maybe minus three and a half, if he's really that limited. Okay, let's go to the other game uh, briefly. Cap, the latest line, is it Philly two and a half against San Francisco? Philly is two and a half, I believe. Okay. Do you like that line? Uh, I do. Again, Brock Purdy keeps proving everybody wrong, and they are uh, as physical a football team as I've watched in a long, long time. I want San Francisco to win, but boy, oh boy, to go into Philadelphia. The one thing, though, the Niners O-line and that run attack against a Philly team that doesn't stop the run well, that's an issue. And then Lane Johnson's trying to play with a torn adductor muscle. They shoot it up. The guy's an animal. Dude, you're going up against Nick Bosa and Armstead and all these other guys. Whew. I think San Francisco wins the football game. Uh, I think and we haven't made our official predictions just yet, as of yet, Shay. But I will tell you, Brock Purdy has been terrific so far. It would not surprise me if Brock Purdy turns into TCU in this game against Philly. I'm just telling you. Yeah, one thing that's hard too is it's it's difficult going west to east. Uh, this is basically the home field advantage line. This would probably be a pick on a neutral field. So I might go Eagles just because they're at home and going west to east is hard. Brock Purdy, the Horn Frog, Cap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just you just laid out why Philadelphia is so dominant. So. We get the Iowa State Oklahoma rematch. Yeah, Everybody's been playing like 40, that game. Forty two forty one. final. Yeah. Yeah, Brock Purdy uh-huh. had five touchdowns. I think Hertz had four. How about yeah, that? You're not getting that in this game, pal. No it's shot. Just, I think I think the I think uh the magic runs out for San Francisco, but we'll see. All right, coming up next, we will hear from Albert Breyer as we go around the National Football League. Captain Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Captain Jay Hood. The Bulls win their third straight last night, 111 to 100 over the Atlanta Hawks. It was DeMar DeRozan's 1,000th game. Aloy Jimenez says that he wants to play the outfield more than DH. Trey Mancini was introduced by the Cubs yesterday, saying 
that the rebuild won't be a long process. And it was Northwestern with the victory over Wisconsin, 66-63. Boo Booey with 20 points and 7 rebounds. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Hello. Football on ESPN 1000. Hello, Bert. Albert Breer. Hey, Bert. Senior NFL writer for SI.com joins Cap and Jay Hood. Bert's it. What? You're it, Bert. On ESPN 1000. What do you mean I'm it? We see, that's the game. I just tagged you, and you're it until you tag somebody else. Albert Breer. No, no, I'm not playing a game. I'm reading, Ernie, and I'm not it. Okay. On Chicago's Home for Sports. What bird is it? Our guy, Albert Breer, from Monday Morning Quarterback and SI.com, joins us every Tuesday at 835, right here on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000. Good morning, Albert. Buddy, you got me. We yes, got sir. you now, Bert. I had to wait for that bell. To, to, like it was like I, I don't know what happened there, but anyway, ding. How about that? Ding. There, there was a ding. There was a ding. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, first and foremost, I want to find out from you uh, what stood out most for you about the playoffs we saw last weekend. The, the highlight that rang <clears throat> true to you. Um. You know, I would say it's the dominance of Cincinnati. And I, and I think, like, you know, we saw the ceiling for Cincinnati um, at points at the end of the regular season, right? Like, so, um, you know, I think the way they started their game against New England, the way that they started the game against Buffalo, it obviously ended in a very unfortunate, you know, uh, fashion with the DeMar Hamlin thing. Um, you know, you saw, like, spurts of who they could be. Um, and it felt like the Bengals put together end-to-end just a dominant display of what they're capable of being with all those weapons that Joe Burrow has, with who Joe Burrow is, doing it without their top two tackles uh, um, you know, on the field, you know, with Jonah Williams and Lyle Collins out. You know, and then defensively being able to kind of contain the, the Buffalo offense. Now, I know the elements played a, played a part in that, but... You know, I think if there's one takeaway from Divisional Weekend, the Bengals are really, really, really good. Okay, so I was reading with Hoodie yesterday an article penned by the great Albert Breer that talked uh-huh. about since the n- n- uh, neutral site AFC championship game is not going to happen, the league is going to consider doing this on a permanent basis. They control more of the suites and the tickets and the sponsorships and cities can bid on all of it. I have yep. no problem with it. You, I, you do. Hoodie doesn't like it. Shea doesn't like it. Look, the final... a terrible idea. Yeah, but when Ohio State makes the playoff, they go to the Final Four, it's neutral. College basketball, I, uh, neutral. Yeah. Yeah, here's the thing, guys. Like, I'll give you guys a perfect example from the last month. I, I didn't even consider going to the Peach Bowl, you know, and um, I, I look like it, it would have been fun to go and everything else, but, like, I, you know, I was working and everything else. I can only make one trip. I was, you know, going to save it for the championship game if they made it that far, you know, and, um, you know, I think that's the mentality of most fans, you know, and so, like, if you if you have a game in a transient city like, you know, Atlanta or like Dallas or like Los Angeles Vegas. where – there, there might be a certain amount of fans from that that city for who grew up, like grew up in Buffalo or Kansas City that happened to live in Atlanta. 
then, you know, maybe it can work. But I think more often than not, you're probably going to wind up, especially with teams that are in the playoffs every year, you're going to wind up with, you know, this, like, really, really corporate, like, just, like, like flat atmosphere. And the Super Bowl is a Super Bowl. And I think anybody who's been to a Super Bowl knows that, you know, when you walk into the stadium for a Super Bowl, it does feel a lot different. But it, it, what, what, it, what it adds with everything that comes with a Super Bowl, it does lack in, you know, what you'd get in a home stadium. And so, you know, I – I just know what the energy is like for those conference title games and what it's like in a city anticipating a trip to the Super Bowl. And, um, and I just think, you know, that's something that the NFL, I think it's something the NFL should want, you know. And if it costs them a few extra dollars that they're not going to be able to make by reselling suites and reselling seats and all that different stuff, then so be it. Um, look, there's a reason why, I mean, go find me a college football fan who would rather have more of the 12-team playoff games you know, on campus, but you won't find them. Like everyone wants those games on campus. And there's a reason why, you know, it's just, it's better that way. Captain, you and I talk about um, how there might be a changing of the guard. In the oh, national and, and, by, and by the way, by the way, Holy. like you mentioned the, the NCAA, and I hate to, I don't want to harp on this, but Cap, you mentioned the NCAA tournament games. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't the atmosphere for those terrible? Like the early rounds? The early rounds can be, yes. Cause when your team loses, I mean, you clear out of the arena. It's a great, it's a great television product, right? Like yeah. it, it absolutely is. But like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, you know, from like those early round games. Like, if you get like a Kentucky playing in, say, you know, I don't know, like New Orleans, right? Like for the first two rounds, um, and it's not like a place where there's a lot of transplants. Like people aren't traveling to those games, you know, from the Blue Bloods, and so. You know, I, I don't know. My, my experience has always been that the early round NCAA tournament games, a lot of them, like, the atmosphere is absolutely terrible. It's just it's a great TV product. So where's Tom Brady going? I, I guess we could ask from afar. and You can't ask if it's Jim Gray, you get cussed out. So I guess we could ask just amongst us. Is that stage to you guys? That sounds sort of staged to me. Yeah. Well, they're friends, Tom Brady and, and Jim Gray. Yeah, yeah, so I, yeah, I get that. Yeah. but. So, but since we're not around, Tom, I guess we could ask you, what do you think is the best landing spot for Tom? Uh, probably San Francisco. Um, yeah, from a football standpoint, I would say it's San Francisco because of what they, have, what they would have around him, the system, how quarterback-friendly it is, um, the ability to work with Kyle Shanahan. I mean, you look at, like, their roster, my God, I mean – Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel, and then the best defense in football. So you don't have to do that much on a week-to-week basis to win games. You know, I don't know where San Francisco wouldn't be the best situation for almost any quarterback. You know, so I put San Francisco at the top of the list. Um, you know, and again, you have that like that that the the the, the storyline of him coming home to win a championship. So there's that's part of it too. I don't think Vegas is bad. Um, because he's got the familiarity with the head coach. Same with Tennessee. He has the familiarity with the head coach. I think both those rosters are close enough where you could be competitive. Um, and then I think from a personal standpoint, Miami is the one that would be probably best for him from a personal standpoint because two of his kids live there. And so, you know, I think the fact that they've kind of gone down that road before, he's very close with one of the minority owners in, 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 um, in Miami, a guy named Bruce Beal, who's got all kinds of Boston ties. Um, you know, and then he's got, you know, he, he'd be throwing to Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, and he's got a left tackle in front Armstead. 
you know, and a coach who's going to, you know, build a, a very competent running game in Mike McDaniel. Um, you know, I think Miami from a personal standpoint would probably make a lot of sense and it wouldn't be a bad football fit either, but I think the best football fit is in San Francisco. So if the bears do not trade out of the first pick, they keep Justin and they take yep. this kid from Texas tech or Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Yep. How much does that set the timetable of the rebuild back? Because there are people here you know, Albert, you see him on social media. Oh, yeah, we're getting DeForest Buckner, Quinton Nelson, five number one picks. We're going <laughs> to trade that pick then and get ten more picks, and we're back. That's just not how it works. Right, and, you know, I think part of it for the Bears, I mean, I, I actually think, you know, it's interesting because I actually think C.J. Stroud declaring might have hurt the value of the pick. You know, if you follow me here, Agreed. I, you know, I, think what, I think what the Bears need, what the Bears really need here is for one quarterback to separate himself and then perception to be out there that Houston wants that quarterback. You know, because if, if there's a feeling that there are three or four quarterbacks that are close to each other in any way, well then, are you going to give up the farm to go up to number one? Or are you going to say, no, I've got options here, I'm going to wait, or I'm going to trade this three or four instead? So, you know, I think the best scenario for the Bears would have been for one quarterback to be completely separate from the pack and then perception to be out there that Houston wants that quarterback. That could still happen because uh, you guys know how this works. You go through the process, and sometimes things can change, and one guy can separate himself. And maybe over the next three months, Bryce Young becomes that guy, and there's real tension at the top to get to Bryce Young, and the Bears can capitalize on that. But, you know, I, I think the declaration of C.J. Stroud probably makes that a little less likely because it creates more competition for Bryce Young to be the first guy to go. Um, and so I think, like, you know, the ideal scenario here with all the needs the Bears have is to trade out of that number one overall pick. And the best way for that to happen is to have, you know, one player sort of stand alone at the quarterback position as the top guy. Albert, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You're the man. It's Albert Breer from SI.com and Monday Morning Quarterback with us every Tuesday at 835, giving us the knowledge on the NFL. That, that was interesting, Hoodie, that hmm. C.J. Stroud getting into the draft could hurt the Bears' ability to get a massive haul because someone might go, all right, you're not going to let me have Bryce Young? I'll take that guy. Yeah. you know, And, and that's the price you know, when it comes to the draft and the negotiations. That's it's a really good point by him. And but this is why I've stood tall and told you I just don't believe that the Bears are going to trade out of one. Will they get more picks? Well that's prudent. Of course you should. But but I don't think that they're gonna move out of one cap. I don't. You would. But I, I would not. I would trade, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You'd get you would trade out of one to get a lot more value. I you just would. think they have such a bad roster that if, if, I'd have to weigh, well, I can get whoever the guy is, Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson or Jalen Carter or whoever the guy is. Okay, if I don't have him but I get him and three more things, okay, let's do it. Or that guy's so good. You know, if Lawrence Taylor is sitting there at number one, mm-hmm. I'd rather have the generational player. Cap at the movies. That's next on Cap and J Hood. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for do-it-right deals on antifreeze and coolant wiper blades and more. Save $2 instantly on Xerox OE antifreeze and coolant. 
Save 10 bucks for a pair of Rain-X Advantage wiper blades. I have those. Plus, get two times O rewards points. The professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades for free. Don't miss Do It Right deals going on now. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Kevin Jay Hood are back. And you know this, man. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and on ESPN Chicago app. Glad to have you in today on this Tuesday morning. Okay, you know, Cap, the one thing that we know that you know, we know, you know, sports, and you know that you're really a cornerstone when it comes to pop culture. So we turn over now to Shay Dorling uh, with more. Shay? I suck at pop culture. You may or may not know this, Cap, but the Oscars uh, nominations came out this morning. They did. The nominations. I knew for... they were coming. I'd heard that on the news. Yeah, they were released. Yeah, you know, this notice, he that, you notice he did that with a question mark. They did. Yes, they did. Right. Sir. He had no idea. <laughs> well, yes, the Oscar nominations came out this morning, and I'm a huge movie guy, so I'm going to test your knowledge. I have seven of the movies here by description. Cap, you can do that. That are buddy. nominated for best picture. Cap. I'm setting the over under for you at two and a half. Cap. Hoodie is in your corner. He's Cap. your friend here. And Cap, two and a half. You what? You're going to get two and a half of these. Cap. I'll have to say the name of the movie. I'm going to read you a description. You have to tell me the name of the film. I'm I'm setting the over-under at two and a half. Well, I guess you don't need my support. But you know what? I think you can do it. You're a tremendous slouch. Go ahead. Thank you, Judge. Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's get started. This film led the nominations count with 11 nominations this this year, including Best Picture. It's a comeback moment for Michelle Yao, who is in the lead role as a middle-aged Chinese immigrant who is swept up into an insane adventure in which she alone can save existence by exploring other universes and connecting with the lives she could have led. No clue. Come on. Hoodie, do you have a guess? Do you want to help your friend out? Come on. Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once? Oh my god. Never even heard of it. (laughs) It is everything, everywhere, all at once. Well done. Well done. That doesn't count for you, Kaplan. The over-under still sits at two and a half. You're at zero. Everything, everywhere, all at once is followed up in nomination count. You'll love this. By a foreign language film based on the anti-war epic novel you probably read in high school about a young German soldier's terrifying experiences and distress in France during World War I. No idea. Come on, man. I, I've hoodie literally no Top Gun Maverick. No, that, yeah, that'd be a hell of a plot twist, though. Yeah, right, Top Gun Maverick is all about uh, Tom Cruise and his experiences in post World War or in World War One France. Tom is it about, Cruise's time in the trenches. Is it about the Banshees? It is not about the Banshees. This oh. is the German adaptation of All Quiet on the Western Front. Ah. Ah, all quiet on the Western Front. You should have set the over-under at a half. Oh, you'll get to. Next up in nominations is this dark comedy about two middle-aged men who are going through a platonic breakup on a fictional island in Ireland starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. I've never heard of Brendan Gleeson. Uh, He he worked at BBM. I don't know what you mean. That's what I thought. He just retired. I just retired. He used to run the score. Um, I have no idea. Hoodie, do you have a guess? No, I, 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 is it the Fablemans? This is the Banshees of Inisherin. Oh, okay. <laughs> the what? The Banshees of Inisherin. No. It's about two yeah. male friends having a platonic breakup on the fictional island of Inisherin in Ireland. Never heard of. 
Cap, this is where I'm starting to have a little faith in you. These three movies, they're the clear favorites to win Best Picture. But among the other nominees is this James Cameron epic from the planet Pandora about the Navi's fight against human colonizers. Come on. Avatar Water. Well done. I knew you could do it because I knew you saw it. Yeah. The Way of Water. That's well done by you, Kaplan. I think you'll get this next one as well. Water deal? (laughs) The little chunk of water. The whole water deal. Yeah. That movie sucked. (laughs) Oh, come on. It's nominated for Best Picture. It was great. It was too long. It was awful. Here you go. This is this you'll get. Thank God for parlays on my phone. Go ahead. Avatar, Avatar The Way of Water is not the only blockbuster with a Best Picture nomination. There's also this legacy sequel starring one of the strangest guys in Hollywood, reprising his role as a top naval fighter pilot. That would be Top, top Gun. Gun Maverick, which I also bought, is on my iPad. Yes, well, Top Gun so Maverick. We've got two, and there are two left. Can you clear the half? I would no, hope no, you can. Yeah, uh, my personal shot. favorite movie of the year from Steven Spielberg is a slightly fictionalized version of his time growing up in post-World War II era Arizona and aspiring to become a filmmaker as he reaches adolescence, but soon discovers a shattering family secret and explores how the power of films can help him see the truth. Raising Arizona Part 2. No, that, no. that actually, that, that, that's the Fablemans. <laughs> that is the Fablemans. Well done, Hoodie. Never heard of it. We got, and this I one, I think, Cap, I have faith in you. I think you can clear your half you with should, this next you one. You should not have faith. Other contenders for Best Picture include this biopic from director Baz Luhrmann about one of the most famous musical artists in history and follows him from his childhood to becoming a rock and movie star in the 1950s. Elvis. I knew you'd clear your half. I had faith yeah. in you. I didn't when see you didn't it, have but faith I heard in yourself. about it. I knew you could do it. I'm so proud of you. I saw two movies in the last three years. And that was those two I gave you. And I heard of Elvis. Now, now it's Baz is the lead, right? He's the Elvis character in this? No, Baz is the director. It was um, no, what? Austin Butler is Elvis. Boy, you know, he can't turn it off. I saw him at the Golden Globes. He still sounds like Elvis. It's a real thing. He said in interviews that his mouth, the shape of his mouth and jaw changed doing the accent, and now he can't yeah. stop doing the accent. Yeah. It sounds ridiculous <laughs> to me. I think you just like, dude, take a break and, like, go talk normal again. Thank you very much. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he sounded just like Elvis at the Golden Globes when he was talking to now the late Lisa Marie Presley. Yeah, it was very, very odd. You know, that he, I, mean, I know he was the actor in it, but he sounded just like Elvis still. It was very strange. All right. So, you know what? Take Cap, that. I get, had faith in you, and guess what? You got the job done. Take that. All right. Coming up, we'll talk more about the Bears and the National Football League. We have a question to ask you regarding the Bears. That's coming up in two minutes on Cap and Jay Hood.